This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Oh, happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Wisconsin is back in action this weekend. It was a restful weekend around the state. I am Ben Kenny. That is Mr. Zach Heilprin. Zach, how was your bye weekend? My be- my bye weekend was great. I don't... Wait, you went golfing all weekend, right? Like you didn't watch any football at all? <laughs> uh, no. Contrary to popular belief, I got out on the course early on Saturday. I, I wanted to play. It was beautiful. And then I got home and watched five to six hours of football. Yeah, Contrary to what the people believe, I still am, you know, Casual. a sicko. Casual. That's what is being thrown out there. It's <laughs> it's hard to argue when that's the one thing you tweet, but yeah. I'll let my record speak for itself. For sure, for sure. I, I enjoyed my Saturday. Um, the wife had no idea that there wasn't a Badger game, so she asked me, like, what are you going to do? And uh, I went upstairs and fired up the three TVs uh, and, and watched college football the entire day. There was plenty of light in the room it doesn't look like it. it's like i'm just watching in the dark it's like i'm just pitch black obviously the tvs took a lot of the light and it, it kind of messed with everything else but um no i spent my entire uh, much of my my saturday in there and then saturday night I had a good time so the game i was looking forward to the most and we'll talk wisconsin maryland coming up in a bit we'll talk jim leonard the 2023 schedule was re- released last week a lot of stuff to get to today but The game this past weekend I was looking forward to the most was Iowa Northwestern for obvious reasons. Didn't play out the way you wanted it to. The ineptitude of certain offenses. Well, both you and I picked Iowa minus 11 on our picks on Thursday. Um, I went four and one, by the way. Another winning week. Don't let Kenny get hot. Barely. But they go into that game and they just absolutely trounce them. And Northwestern, like Nevada did, and like uh, not many programs have, made Iowa look quite competent. So many are wondering, will Brian Ferentz get an extension for it? I, I don't know. That, that's hard to say. Is that going to lead to NFL interest? You would think so, right? Who knows? Um, he is but, on that Bill Belichick tree. He is? Yeah. What? Down from Kirk? He was there. Brian Ferentz was there under Belichick? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. Um, but anyway, it, it didn't live up to the sicko expectation that I had. Iowa pretty much never punted. They demolished Northwestern. However, there was some, I mean, there was some legit action. Like Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, Michigan State both had big spreads. Now, Ohio State, Penn State was a very closely contested game until late when Ohio State pulled away. Michigan, Michigan State was not closely contested, but in the tunnel afterwards, it was. Yeah. So both of those games, we picked both those games, and you were looking to not to be on the right side of the Ohio State game. Uh, or I should say you were looking pretty and then the pick six and I'm like, and then you're like, you just gave up. You tweeted out. I mean, you're, you're trying to obviously jinx it, but yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, dude, you know, what's going to happen. Penn state's going to go down. They're going to cover. It's going to be stupid. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, and in Michigan and Penn state, Michigan, or I should say Michigan, Michigan state, they desperately tried to cover that game with some of the, uh, the trick, the trick plays that were happening. They just, they were just very bad in the red zone. So it was unfortunate, but yeah, Michigan state showed a lot more, fight uh in the tunnel than they did on the field at all yeah let's talk about that for a second because i mean of all of the results over the weekend like ohio state penn state does not concern wisconsin ohio state michigan probably going to be undefeated when they meet in a couple weeks 
to decide the Big Ten East and likely the Big Ten. Illinois trounced Nebraska. Casey Thompson got injured in the game. But even so, like, I think Illinois was winning that game, uh, despite what I also tweeted early in that game when Nebraska took the lead. Not many results directly affecting Wisconsin's future. If you were a Badger fan, you were, like me, rooting for Nebraska to win, to somehow give Wisconsin life in the West. But the big story to come out of the weekend is Michigan and Michigan State. I guess every problem in our sport, Zach, comes from having one tunnel for both teams, or at least that's what I'm told by everybody. And I guess that happened in the NFL, too, with J.R. Alexander and um, Stefan Diggs, Sunday Night Football. So old stadiums, what are you going to do? The fight happens, and I don't even want to be a build another tunnel guy. Like, are we unable as, as a society to... Like when you play the football game to not then have a 15 on one in the tunnel afterwards. Like it's not even, it's not even team by team talking crap, scuffling. No, they assaulted two Michigan players that were in there. There's plenty of evidence of uh, over the what? hundred and what? 20 years of Michigan football, 130, 25. However long the big house has been along, been around. It hasn't been that long, but however long that's been around, it's been one tunnel and they've been able to deal without it. Now, Penn State and them got into a little bit of a a match with apparently peanut butter and jelly sandwiches being thrown uh, the week the week before or the week two weeks before. So I mean there, there was that, but that's hilarious. It is, but there's and then also those got I mean those teams and the, those kids in that little small space. I can see it, but no, the, you have to be better than that. You have to be better than that. There used to be um, multiple tunnels like the, the tunnels at Camp Randall. You know where the t- visiting team comes out now, right? They come out, the, the team locker room is in the south end zone. Yep. That's not where it used to be. It used to be right up by in the same tunnel that Wisconsin would come out of. Um, not They wouldn't come out of the same tunnel, but like the tunnels were almost right next to each other. So like they, this happens a lot of different places, and we don't see assaults. Yeah, so, I mean, the question here is, is it a tunnel problem or is it a Mel Tucker Michigan State problem? I would go with the latter. Well, I... I think in this situation, it appears to be a Michigan State problem, though. I don't can. Do we have previous history of Michigan State assaulting players in tunnels or or Mel Tucker players assaulting players in tunnels? Do we? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I wasn't so, sure if you were setting up that there was another instance. No. So, but, I'm, so I'm, I'm confused how we're just I mean, Mel Tucker, Michigan State in general, not Mel Tucker, but Michigan State in general has a history of bringing in some problem players right like that's that was certainly the case under mark d'antonio later uh, later in his time uh, at michigan state but i don't know i i feel like pigeonholing mel tucker in there and saying like this is his problem or like this is a major major problem like he's got a he's got an issue there is more so than just one incident but this incident is huge this incident is significant likely going to lead to criminal charges eight guys have been suspended i don't know if it's going to end at that and so he's got uh, so a lot of issues there. I just don't want to say, like, oh, you saw this coming. No, no one saw this coming. Right, right. Yeah, I don't mean to say it's it's a Mel Tucker problem as in it's been continuously happening. But when we look at, like, I'm not going to blame the tunnel for what went on. That's more what I meant by the that. The tunnel's been there forever. Like, I, what did it do? Yeah. It's not plus, his fault. I mean, plus you do have Mel Tucker running in there and smashing the doors. Like, he also was very pent up after the game. And I get it. But we saw the same. We saw a similar thing with Jawan Howard. Like, if you're not going to be able to keep your cool after a game like that, how are your players going to? Where if you're supposed to be the leader, uh, the Jawan Howard thing's a little different. But yeah, that's how I look at it. I guess 
when you talk about how it affects Wisconsin indirectly, Michigan State plays Illinois this weekend. And of the players suspended, we don't know how long. They include Brandon Wright, starting defensive end, Jacoby Winman, starting defensive end, uh, and pretty much the team's defensive leader in everything, sacks and all that stuff. A couple guys in the secondary, a couple backups. Like you're, you're talking about not, not just freshmen, like real contributors to the team that will be out. So I think we're going to go beat Illinois anyways. I, it's, like it's, you, everyone's obsession with Illinois like coming up lame here. It ain't going to happen. They may lose to Michigan, but they're not going to lose to anybody else. And so anybody that's hoping that Wisconsin is going to somehow you know, get to the Big Ten West Championship game because Illinois is going to fall apart unless, unless Tommy DeVito is not the starting quarterback for Illinois in their final four games of the year, they're going to win three of those. Yeah. So I know this is going to be, I know it's tough for you to hear. I know, you especially, like I feel like you're, you're holding on to that. They needed to lose at Nebraska. And as soon as Casey Thompson went out of that game, it was done. Not that it, I don't would have been done anyways, but like they're, they're not, it's not going to fall apart. It's not. I, I like. I don't want to say uh, Illinois is for real. Their defense is for real. Like you know how good Wisconsin's defense was last year, right? The best defense in the nation. Most like the the yardage was like the least since Alabama had given up like since 2011. I know we're. Not, you want me to shut up? But like, no. It, Illinois good. has a better defense statistically than Wisconsin defense last year. Their pass defense is just off the charts ridiculous. They Them and Wisconsin have the same number of interceptions. They've allowed three touchdown passes this year. Wisconsin's allowed 11. Like, it's their rushing defense, not on Wisconsin's level from last year, but it's a defense that is legit. And with Tommy DeVito and Chase Brown, their offense does enough. Plenty enough, actually. Um, oh, they're very much so, legit. Yes. And like, they're what Wisconsin was could have been last year or should have been last year with an offense complementing uh, complementing a dominant defense, that's what Illinois is right now. And yeah. They're not falling apart. They will win the West. I When Nebraska went up, I thought maybe they could, you know, channel some pure vintage Nebraska and keep the game close. Casey Thompson goes out. It's tough to lead a Mark Whipple pass, pass, pass offense with a guy in Smothers or Purdy or whoever came in that can't pass like Thompson can. But I did say when Nebraska was up, like I, I did not – Honestly, Zach, if I'm going to be honest with you, with the people, I did not want to lead this show today outlining Wisconsin's path to win the West. I didn't want to do it. Yes, you did. You've you've known where I stood. No, I'm very outgoing when it comes to where I stand with the team and maybe what I want to do in terms of how we discuss the games in the future. I have said that, like, I'm excited about Jim Leonard. I'm excited about the team playing better, but I have acknowledged that they're not going to go anywhere this season. I hope they go to a bowl game. I mean, West-wise. And if Nebraska had won that game, I would have had to start the show outlining Wisconsin's path to win the West. And now, I like, I didn't want to do it. And guess what? Didn't have to. It's a good thing. I don't have to. Um, Illinois beats Nebraska. They're in the driver's seat. They get a very banged-up Michigan State team. Coming up on Saturday, the Badgers host Maryland, a Big Ten network noon kickoff, if you will, uh, against the Terrapins. Talia Tugavailoa, the big news, he will play. It was expected that uh, he would return for this game. So we'll get to all that a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next, I want to talk Jim Leonard because a lot of stuff has happened this weekend and some stuff didn't happen. That's very notable. We'll talk about that in about five minutes. Quick, though, Zach. We talk about the bye weekend, what went on, how we spent our time. Wisconsin basketball returned to action, and we will get into them uh, extensively as the season tips off and as they get into the games. This was an exhibition. 
So we'll mention it. We'll talk about a couple takeaways, but by no means spending half a show or however long on it. Your thoughts from a, a win. And are we counting it as a win? Are they one to know? No. Okay. They're not one to know. They beat um, Eau Claire in a game that was a little bit closer than, than you wanted like to be there for a little bit in the second half. Uh, but they go on and beat him by 31, 76 to 45. Uh, yeah. Some things stand out. Chucky Hepburn didn't make a shot, barely. Uh, that was that was a little bit tough, but he did everything else really well. Tyler Wall, I think, is going to be an absolute beast. And again, LeClaire doesn't have the size that he's going to face, but um, looks look looks really, really good. Stephen Crowell, I thought, moved some guys. Again, what does that matter against a team without anybody uh, taller than, what was it, 6'7", six, 6'8"? If that, um, a team that's going to finish pick to finish seventh in the WIAC, a very, let's just be fair, uh, one of the better basketball conferences in Division Three in the country, right? Let's be fair about that. But I don't know much about them, honestly. That's a tough scene. The for conference, you. yeah, yeah. It's a tough no, if I'm being you. honest, I'm a lot, not. A lot, a lot of champions coming out of that out of that conference, both in football and basketball. But um, the the intriguing things, obviously, Connor Season and his ability to to shoot the ball, and also didn't look horrible defensively, which I think is going to be the only thing that's going to keep him off the floor. I think he's going to play a ton. I think he's going to be in the rotation. Um, and then Max Klesman looks the part as well. Again, I I feel like we'll know a little bit more about this team as we get in, into some of this non-conference action. They, they have some tough matchups in their non-conference. Um, they open with South Dakota next Monday, and then they play the, uh, the Bruce City battle at uh, American Family Field against Stanford. And um, again, it's a it's a power five opponent um, in a unique environment. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got a lot to replace when, when it's Johnny Davis and, and Brad Davison. But um, there are some intriguing pieces, but a lot of questions that I'm anxious to see how it plays out, especially in the non-conference where they do have some, as I said, tough opponents. Yeah, I'm excited for the season to get going. My only real take is that it, this is not something I can back up with any numbers aside from just what I thought watching it. I thought last year a lot of Jordan Davis's shots looked like they should have gone in. There were a lot of like inside the rim, and then somehow it bounces out shots. I'm expecting a big positive regression shooting wise from him. Like I'm expecting a good amount in terms of offensive production, at least in terms of volume. There's and nobody nobody cares about this. Nobody likes to hear it unless the shots start going in. But there was not a guy that spent more time after games shooting the ball than Jordan Davis. Yeah. He was the guy that was out there almost after every single game, every home game shooting. And, uh, you know, some people like, eh, that's just because people are around watching. He was just out. I don't think so. He's a worker. And he certainly, I think where he's going to be able to stay on the floor more is defensively. Like he, he looked, he, he has looked, he, he's got the quickness. He's got the athleticism to, to give them a guy that can guard a couple different spots. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't envision him being knocked out of the starting lineup at any point. Like, I think he's going to be, I think he's gonna be locked in there along with Chucky and uh, Tyler and um, Stephen Crowell. And then, well, maybe, and I think kind of Max is probably going to be in there too. I don't, I don't know how many different starting lineups we're going to see this year. If those guys play the way that um, a lot of people think they can, I would go as far as to say today, November 1st, this is a Jordan Davis show. From, from where we stand, at least from my half Ours, of it. Our show is a Jordan Davis show? At least from my half of it. And you're more than welcome to join me whenever you want. I'm just, I'm in on Jordan Davis this year. Okay, cool. That's that's the message. And right. we'll, we'll get more into it as time goes along, as they get back in action uh, in real competition. So Wisconsin-Maryland Saturday, we've mentioned it. Uh, we'll get to some thoughts on Jim Leonard coming up next. 
because today marks an important day in the end of Paul Christ era, beginning of the next era transition. There's some stuff that did not happen that is very noteworthy, as well as some stuff that did over the weekend. We'll talk about it when we return. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back, Kenny and Heilprin. It is week nine of the college football season. Uh, Zach, honestly, I'm happy right now because we're on air from six to seven every Tuesday on these stations, and then it's available as a podcast afterwards. You know what? I don't have to watch the college football playoff <laughs> unveiling, and the first rankings were tonight. You don't have to. Uh, you don't t- want to? I don't want to. No, I just like, let me watch the games on Saturday when it becomes conference title season. I'll like really get into it. But right now, like you go back through all of the college football playoff rankings from this week in like 2015, 16, 17. It's always a couple teams up there where you're like, like, come on, you know, like Iowa last year, they played nobody for the first however many weeks. And then they finally started playing teams. Then they started losing. Do you know how high they got? In the rankings last year? Yeah, they were number three. Number two. Number two, right? When they lost to Purdue. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, so all of that to say. Where do you, ten, think, where do you think Wisconsin's ranked? In the college football playoff ranking? Yeah. Uh, not ranked. Okay. Because they only go to 25, which, again, is stupid. Why do you arbitrarily cut off? Why is a top 25 win so important? And this is just a stupid vent. But... What's the difference between the 25th best team in the country and the 35th? I would argue not that much in terms of quality, but why are we giving teams so much credit for top 25 wins when another team might've played, I don't know, they have four top 35 wins and they don't get credit for it because of this arbitrary line they have drawn. Did we actually break down who was in the top five, top five? No, I was going to, all right. Tennessee's number one. Oh, I was going to ignore it. Oh, no, we're going to, we're going to throw it in here. Ohio State's number two, Georgia's three. Clemson is four. Michigan, on the outside looking in right now, they're number five. The other two Big Ten teams in the poll, Penn State at 15, Illinois at 16. Good for Illinois. They First des- time, I believe. They deserve respect. They do. Despite, yeah, what you've said. So, I, no, I, I like them a lot. Um, you understand my point. My whole point was that <laughs> if was if they had lost, I would have had to outline why Wisconsin could still win the West, and now – they can't. You said situation developing, didn't you? Potential situation. That was developing. when Nebraska was up nine to seven, <laughs> and and the situation developed, and they got destroyed. Um, Michigan at five, though. Like, I assume Michigan fans will be unhappy at this news. I mean, their path to the playoff is so crystal clear, right? Like, beat Ohio, beat State. Ohio State, and if you don't, in this year of college football with so many good teams from across the country with, you know, TCU undefeated Oregon's been terrific minus the one loss to Georgia with all of that depth across the country. You're probably not getting in anyway at 11 and one without going to the conference title game. Like that's what Bama does. And they haven't risen to that point yet. Um, do you have anything else on the rankings before we top Jim Leonard? Cause I just, I mean, I, I find it, um, these rankings suck. I mean, I find it a little, I find it a little funny just cause I think the way that they have it, set up it's potentially looking at two sec teams as opposed to two big 10 teams even though a very similar situation that georgia and alabama have done in the past um could you know could be in this this same situation yeah we'll see georgia tennessee this weekend i can't wait for that one 
And then you also have Bama at LSU, kind of sneaky. Brian Kelly's been winning down there. Um, and uh, then, excuse me, I, I said Alabama and Georgia. I meant uh, Georgia and Tennessee, where one of them doesn't make the conference championship game. Uh, so Georgia, say Georgia beat t- Tennessee this week, right? Right. And then Alabama beats Georgia in the big in the SEC championship game, and you have three one-loss teams in Georgia, Alabama, and and uh, Tennessee. That two of them are getting in. They are. That would be interesting. And which one gets in, or which one gets left out? This is why you should just have. The- I guess my guess, my guess would be Tennessee, because they didn't make it to the conference championship game. And Alabama won the conference championship. So they would be in and Georgia beat Tennessee. So there you go. Even though Alabama lost to Tennessee. Yeah, that, it, that's a weird triangle of of beating. Um, that's why you should just go back to it. Take away the playoff. Go back to the national title game and, and fix everything. Get right? You expand to 12. Oh, you get all these teams in. It's so great. Nothing changes in the end. Anyway, uh, big slate this weekend, Georgia, Tennessee. We mentioned Bama, LSU in the Big Ten. Obviously, Wisconsin, Maryland. Ohio State's at Northwestern. Uh, I think we should all say a prayer for our Wildcats. Ohio State is 38-point favorites. In the first half? <laughs> and they could win by 80, I think, if they really wanted to. And then the Charlie Jones revenge game. Iowa at Purdue in what will be a fun one. But, Zach, here in our backyard, the Badgers are 2-1 and one under Jim Leonard. And I said we would do this. Like, We'll do a lot postseason of state of the program under Leonard and all those ideas. I think it's undeniable, and you tell me if you agree, that the vibes are quite high right now after his start. Like, from where we were the day he was named interim to where we are today, I think I'm a lot more optimistic, generally. Oh, you mean the vibes around the team, not not the actual team? Correct. Like, like the people that watch the team and the fans that are around the team? Or also the team itself. Like, I feel like, yeah. I think the fans around the team, yourself included, like are more excited about like the future, right? Um, just based on what has happened to this point. Um, I don't think it guarantees anything because we don't know that Jim Leonard will be the coach yet. But yes, vibes better. And uh, we, we obviously last week got a chance to talk to Jack Nelson and, and Tanner Bordellini on the show. If you missed it, go back and listen to it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You could tell, and, and even talking to them off there, you could tell that there's there's some good feelings around the program, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then something that did not happen, and I guess this is where I had a lot of pause in the beginning of the Christ situation, is I thought there would be some real roster turnover. And Logan Brown was dismissed, but we saw Marcus Allen transfer. We saw Stefan Bracey transfer. Today marked the end of the 30-day transfer window post-Paul Chris firing which means there won't be, you know, 20 guys enter the portal next week. So the fact that you didn't have any significant additions, and we had discussed it, uh, on defense, you expect to not see as many if they think Leonard will stay. On offense, maybe it has to do with playing time or whatever. But no significant portal additions this past weekend. I came away like I'm positive about that. Wisconsin landed a 2024 cornerback. And if I want to make too much out of it, I would say he thinks Leonard's staying. And then also... I mean, the staff's out there recruiting quarterbacks. Like, what world do we live in? So, overall vibes, I, I like, are very positive. I, it just feels to me, my gut sitting here today says, I cannot see any scenario where it's not Jim Leonard. Uh, we live in a world where they whiffed on every other quarterback in 2023, and that's why they're <laughs> chasing a quarterback right now. But um, that's neither here nor there. At least they're out there trying now. They are. They definitely are. Um you somehow missed Deacon Hill 
there. Uh, oh, you didn't, you didn't put Deacon Hill in there. <laughs> I don't know if that was a, it was that was intentional because he wasn't a big enough recruit. Well, I shouldn't say big enough. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, the name didn't wouldn't register enough for people to recognize. I don't know. I I feel like that that that's a little hurtful. No, it wasn't written down. I I was going off the top and I just went okay. A couple right. well, um, including Deacon. Uh, go check out his his tape. All right, folks, he tweeted it out. You see some throws on there that are, are big-time throws and why I said what I said. And I'm not going to repeat what I said because I'm not going to allow people to take it and, and run with it. Um, so either way, they are in a I, – I, I was expecting some guys after last week, even after a win, to say, all right, my plan, the playing time isn't good enough. I don't want to wait another month and change to go into the transfer portal, which is now what they're going to have to do. Uh, that I thought some some guys did. They didn't. They're all the guys there. I think uh, have said, you know, we're all in. We're all in for this last for these last four games, and we want the guys that are coaching us right now to be in a position to have these jobs going forward. And and um, we're going to play that way. I I to me that's what it says to me. So you spoke to players, and uh, players spoke to the media early this week in advance of Maryland. And I saw a video of Graham Mertz circulate. Um, I, I could go and find it and play it. I didn't prepare that to play it because the audio isn't the best. It wasn't a recorder. It was a video. But he was like, yeah, Leonard wants it. And I, there's, it just seems like a lot of votes of confidence. Well, I mean, Jim, me. Jim Leonard obviously said to Sirius XM last week that he's going to need to know sooner rather than later, <laughs> which obviously suggests that he wants it. I thought the the, uh, the best thing that we heard from from him was it's not necessarily that there are a lot of things that are involved here and recruiting is a part of it and I, the one notable aspect that came out of what he was talking about recruiting wise is they've talked to these guys that they have committed in the class of 2023 they're preaching patience which is obviously very very difficult right at this moment especially with guys uh getting offers from other places whether it's Notre Dame or Michigan or Oregon guys that are getting some big time offers from guy from uh from big time programs preaching patience and he said if this goes the way that we want it to go based on our talks with what our guys here we're going to be in good shape which suggests to me if he gets the job and maybe that's a little game gamesmanship on his part i don't i i I don't think so but you can always take it however you want it this is going to be a good thing they're going to be able to hold on to the class that they have assuming he is the the guy that ends up getting the job yeah i think that's important that's probably the most important thing that that came out of um what he was talking about which, I mean, kind of leads me to think before we embark on the final however many weeks, four weeks of the season, I I can't see, I can't sit here and argue that they should go, like, they can't go anywhere else. That's a simple way for me to say it. Well, Where, and maybe I'm putting too much stock in next season, but this is also a slight transition. The 2023 Big Ten schedule came out. Wisconsin has a pretty favorable draw when you break down all of the aspects of who they play and where they play and, you know, who's returning and who's not a very early outlook is that it's positive last year, the big 10 West. I just like, if I am up there, if I'm Chris McIntosh and I look down upon the football program, do I want our last year in the West to be somewhat rebuilding year with a new staff and someone out of the program to come in? Or do I want Jim Leonard to stay? And it seems as though everyone in the building now seems to have a lot of confidence and then all of the guys that would be coming, at least we can hope, would also have confidence uh, in him and and still come to the program and really avoid all the turnover you normally see when you change coaches. So, I mean, uh, November 1st, I, 
my thought has always been I want it to be Leonard, but like it, it better be Jim Leonard. I think that's the most simple way I could say it. I quite honestly think it feels like this because of what ha- the last time you saw them. I mean, were we sitting here talking the same way after the Michigan State game? Were you feeling this strongly about it after the Michigan State game? No. Okay. All right. That, which is completely fine. But it also leads to me saying what happens the next four weeks? Um, because if they fall flat on their face and they're not able to uh, gear up and, and do what they did against uh, Purdue on a regular basis, not be the team that we thought that they could be to start the year, that may give you pause. That said, I have no reservations whatsoever to say right now that Jim Leonard's going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin. Like they, it just, it, it makes too much sense. There's just way too much going in his favor. And I think it's the right hire. Um, So all like, I don't know how badly it has to go in the last four weeks for for him not to get the job. I think it'd have to go pretty significantly bad, and and I don't think it will. Yeah. Did I feel the same way after Michigan State? No. That was also before I knew that they wouldn't really lose any of the cornerstones of the program, player-wise, going forward. And We don't, again, we don't know that. They just haven't checked out yet. Right, which leads me to think optimistically that they would stay if it was Leonard and maybe they wouldn't if it was someone else. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be proven wrong, but like, that's my like optimistic sense. Of, I, like, I don't like who are we talking about mainstays? Graham Mertz. Yeah. Mainstay, right? Braylon Allen. Guys along the line that have eligibility left. Top, top, uh, top offensive lineman. Skyler Bell. Jim Ray DK. Yep. So I, we're, essentially, we're, we're essentially pretty much just talking offense at this point. Because, like, who's going to leave? Like, I don't think you're going to find too many guys leaving on defense. Well, what if, in theory, it wasn't Leonard? Then I would expect some of the defensive guys to go. Yes. So it, it would be whole. I think there'd be it would be filled up with Badgers if, if it's not Leonard. And you look across that defense. I mean, obviously, Benton and Herbig likely leaving. Well, and John Torchio is done. But still the core of it or a lot of it is going to return next year. Like this was a big turnover year entering now. And then going into next year, you expect to have a lot of guys back. You do. It's just when you look at the guys that have made a lot of plays this year, they're not going to be here next year. That is true. And that is something that I will be able to talk myself into come the off season. So that's not to say that they don't have young playmakers that I'm excited about. I'm still all in on Jordan Turner. I'm still all in on Hunter Wohler. We'll be back this week. It's just the guys that have made a ton of plays, the ones that you can look at and say they've been there every week almost, except for last week, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, John Torchio. Last question before we embark on Wisconsin-Maryland and, and continue this conversation a bit. Are we, are we sure Wisconsin needs a new offensive coordinator? Are we sure that, that Leonard is, if he is the coach, going to bring in a new staff? Because since Paul Christ... I got fired a month ago and Bobby Ingram came down to the sideline. We have seen a much more effective and much better offense. The only thing I would say is uh, there's four more weeks to play at this point. You would say, no, based on what they've done, uh, what they did against Northwestern, what they did against um, Purdue. No, what they did against Michigan state. Yeah. <laughs> not ideal. Not great. Uh, so, there's been hits and misses. I don't know what that relationship is like. And I don't know what that, I don't know what the, to be probably more importantly, I don't know what the relationship is like between Bobby Engram and Bob Bostad, which is a very important relationship when it comes to, to Wisconsin and uh, how things go. He's the run game coordinator. 
He's uh, the offensive line coach, and it, there's just so there, that's an that that has to meld. That has to be very smooth, and it has to meld. And um, you know, I don't know if that's always been the case. And Bobby Ingram and quarterback Graham Mertz, if you want to keep him around, which would be important. Do you think Graham Mertz has cycled through cycled through quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators at this point? Do you think he's attached to any one guy? Well, no. Uh, if there would have been anyone, you figure it would have been Chris. Though, I mean, clearly Mertz is staying uh, throughout the rest of this season. Through this season, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I wouldn't expect that to be the end-all, be-all, but don't know. Just I don't know. They got, they got four more games to play. There's a lot of football to be played, and we can change our minds significantly. Uh, it's only been a month since Paul Chris has been fired. So, a lot has changed in the last month. A lot, we've seen a lot of things come, a lot of things go. Then play good football, then play horrible football. There's that's what they have left here. They have four more games, they have four more weeks. They have almost a month to go. So there's there's a lot to be said before anything is uh, finalized and and where my thoughts are. But again, as we sit here on November first, just like we sat here on October second when Jim Leonard was named the interim coach, he's the next head coach of Wisconsin. So how I felt for the last few years, and certainly I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, a lot of football to be played. I mean, time for opinions to change. That's kind of why I wanted to do this now in the bye week because then there's a more direct reference point because so much has changed since Leonard took over and you figure a lot would change in the next four weeks as well. So taking stock of where we are in the bye week, it's also a team that needed the bye week badly. And I want to talk about that when we return. We'll preview Wisconsin-Maryland. We'll talk about the status report, stuff we mentioned last week, but now we know entering this game on Saturday Maybe who benefited from the week off and team wide where that week off will help. We'll talk about that. I have to just lay out one thing, Zach, when we return as well about the 2023 schedule, because it's early. It is still 2022, but I'm talking myself into things. So we'll address that when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in Kenny and Hyoprin. Couple minutes, couple segments before we're out of here. You wish. Phillies Astros coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, anxiety is rising, blood pressure rising as well. Have as you, Zach mentioned, have you, have you taken that Phillies hat off yet? I mean, I saw you. Yes. last I saw you last Thursday with it on. I was not wearing it today, but I put it back on when I came back to work gotcha. to do this show. And watch the game. Well, they've played most days. I, I wear it when they play. Yeah, for sure. So people can ask you about it. Yeah, yeah, or just to see other people that maybe root for the team. I don't know. Anyway. You see a lot of those in Madison? No, none. Absolutely none. There actually has not been a single uh, one, which <laughs> is what it is. Zach, you mentioned it last segment. We were with Jack Nelson, Tanner Bordellini, current Wisconsin offensive lineman, and then also our guy Bill Nagy, former Wisconsin offensive lineman, last Thursday amongst We'll be back at Monks 5 to 6 this week to preview Maryland and that show from last Thursday up as a podcast. I urge everyone to listen to it. There's no better sense of the building and, you know, the players that you'll get from actually listening to them speak. Also in a not press conference setting, right? Like, you know, we were we hit a lot of topics. I, I urge everybody to listen to that episode. Kenny and Heilprin podcast and then Kenny underscore Heilprin on Twitter. Zach, the status report, the bye week helped the Badgers. We heard Jim Leonard. I, we heard a general sentiment around the program of, you know, Leonard got the job. Then you got Northwestern Michigan state Purdue. And his attitude was get to the bye week 
right? Like so much has changed. It's a whirlwind. Now it's back into game week for a new team and a new team. And then again, the bye week can reset a bit. And number one, that's going to help Wisconsin a lot health wise. What did we garner from Monday's status report? Whole bunch of guys that they've been missing for quite some time. Uh, we're back in the practice field this week. And Jim Leonard kind of smiled when he was talking about it because there were so many new faces that he hadn't seen on the field in quite some time. Uh, Chase Wolf, Hunter Wohler, Hayden Rucci, Colt Dokovich, just a whole bunch of guys that have not uh, played a bunch. And then even Riley Malman, who did play against Purdue, but apparently is now uh, cleared to go even more. I'm fascinated how they're going to work all these guys back in, specifically Hunter Wohler and, and Riley Malman. Mallman was off the status report? Off the status report are on we, the field. Are we in on him I, playing? I, I feel good about it now because it has now happened where he was not on the status report and did play in the game. So um, I would love to. I wonder. This is just coming to mind. I'm not going to talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll mention it off here. Um, just something came to mind that, uh, that I'm very interested to, to ask you about. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Mallman, what do they do? Is he your right tackle? Do they move Trey Wedding back inside? What do you do with Tanner Bordellini? Is is he is he outside your jumbo tight end? Or does Riley Malman is Riley Malman your jumbo tight end? I kind of feel like if you're getting Hayden Rucci and Cole Dokovich back, you don't necessarily need a jumbo tight end. You'd like to have guys that can go out and catch some passes um like those those guys can, uh, while also being strong blockers. So that's one question. And then how do you work Hunter Wohler back in at a spot that you've gotten high level play from uh in a lot of weeks? Uh, John Torchio, f- semifinals for Bednarik Awards, goes to the top defense player in the country. That's, you know, he's got five interceptions, tied for the most in the country. Kamoe Latu has played a ton of good football for him. So how do you work Hunter Wolder back in, who's a guy that had a great fall camp that there were huge expectations for coming into the year, and a guy who I think has a chance to be the face of this defense. Um, you know, I thought he was going to blossom into that this year, but certainly next year and the year after. Like, there are opportunities for him to be that guy. So I don't, I, I'm fascinated to see how they work them back in. Yeah. Offensive line wise, definitely, I guess, a, a solid problem to have after a lot of the shuffling this season where they maybe have a, have a rich of, of options, uh, riches of options to go with. And that is a line that played pretty well against Purdue, right? Like I struggled a bit against Michigan state at times, but I, against Purdue, aside from maybe one or two plays you could point to like overall pretty consistent up there and things have rounded into form at least a bit. Uh, and then secondary wise, I mean, Alex Smith is a guy that played all of last game and I know the bye week maybe didn't help him back on the field, but still talking about a guy that pretty much missed the first, uh, what half more than half of the season. And why did Wisconsin beat Purdue? Because Alex Smith did a great job on Charlie Jones. In addition to other things that went on uh, offensively and defensively against Maryland, you're going to need similar secondary performances and Wohler plays in. It's not like they have one guy like Jones that's going crazy, but they have a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. So when I look at their offense, it's how can Wisconsin continue uh, what they did against the Boilermakers? Kind of a similar type of plan, except Maryland can run the ball a bit better than Purdue can. They actually threaten you there. Well, I thought Mockabee, I mean, let's be fair about it. Mockabee is a good runner. He ran it hard. He ran well. I mean, he's got three 100-yard games the last four games. So I I know that's... That was your whole thing coming in this year. Purdue can't run the ball type of thing. They've gotten better at it. They've gotten significantly better at it. It's kind of been feast or famine, though. Like, it's either been very good or very bad. Uh, but of late, I feel like it's been pretty good. Uh, but, yes, I think the funny thing about this season as it's gone on, especially against Purdue, the secondary was essentially 
all trans like was all the transfers. Uh, you had John Torchio and Alex Smith, right? Those those guys. But Kamoi Latu played a ton. Cedric Dort was back in at the the slot, and then it was Justin Clark and Jay Shaw. You know, essentially splitting time uh, on the outside. That was kind of the secondary we thought they were going to have coming into this year, minus obviously not having uh, uh, Wolder. Now he's back. So you're getting all your guys back. I think you have a bunch of different options to throw at him. I think this is when Jim Leonard has a chance to be, um, I don't want to say diabolical, but just so many so many more options to work with in trying to attack um, a passing game. Yeah, and a and, quarterback. And, ho- and hopefully, hopefully, I guess I didn't mention this, Nick Herbig is back. Um, he's been dealing with a bit of a knee injury, was a, essentially a cheerleader against um, Purdue. But he's hoping, I, I, I think there's hope to be back in, Keanu Benton says he's close to 100%. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of good news on the defensive end. And, I mean, when I look forward through the rest of this season, like Maryland is a test defensively. What Talia, how Talia's played back there has been awesome this season. Like, there are arguments he's a top, what, two, three quarterback in the Big Ten this year, at least in terms of uh, effectiveness and and what he's been able to do. I I think the only guy you could sit here and say you'd definitely take him over would be or the only guy that you would take over him would be C.J. Stroud. Yeah, him and uh, him and Michigan McCaffrey, Jay McCarthy, McCarthy. I don't know yeah. where that came from. Uh, M- McCarthy. It's uh, th- that could I could hear arguments, but he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. That's a test there. And then you look forward. I mean, like this team could easily go three and one, four and zero oh, if the defense starts to ramp it up, right? Like when does Iowa have success when they play? absolute shell of football teams in Nevada and Northwestern where the offense can do something right. Like we've seen what Iowa's offense can become if the defense is a real one, pretty much playing on the other side, Nebraska, who knows about Casey Thompson, but if Casey Thompson plays, like how do you beat them? It's limit what they could do in the huge plays and explosive because they'll turn the ball over and then their defense sucks. And Minnesota wise, I mean, well, they're just not playing the best football. So I don't know when I look at, what will be the biggest key? Like, how can this Badger team finish 3-1, and 4-0, get to a bowl, have a good feeling going to the offseason? If this defense can ramp it up matchup-wise, I mean, it plays in very well. Because also, I mean, what if they done well this year? Pass the football on offense for the I, most part. Right. I, I think it's so clear that getting Alex Smith back is, is just going to be such a huge lift for them. Uh, and he played over 70 plays against Purdue. Which- I really didn't understand how important it was. Like, I thought it'd be important, but when I when you look at a secondary, it's like, oh, but they still have Dort, who's been up and down, uh, and then Clark and Shaw. But I, I didn't realize how significant it was to get him back at yeah. that cornerback position. Yeah, and I and again, he'll have played what? Fully played fully played five games, Purdue, and hopefully these last four, and then in the, maybe the bowl game. I, we get him back. Will he, will he have enough tape to, to say we, this is it, or would he want to, you know, take advantage of that? COVID year. Can we get him back, Zach? Load up for 2023. We're going to talk about that when we return. The 2023 schedule uh, lines up for a... a... I'll tell you what it'll line up for after the break (laughs) because I came close to tweeting something dangerous today. That's all I could say. We're back after this. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Couple minutes from first pitch. I'm a nervous wreck. Zach, the Big Ten 2023 schedule was released last week. 
If you could use one word to describe Wisconsin's draw in said schedule, what would it be? Manageable. I would say favorable. <laughs> they have five home conference games, four road conference games, uh, the out of conference, Buffalo, Washington State, Georgia Southern. Then they play Purdue on the road by week, Rutgers, Iowa at home, Illinois on the road, Ohio State at home, Indiana on the road, Northwestern, Nebraska at home, and then Minnesota on the road. When I look at the teams they're playing and the quarterback positions of said teams, a lot of turnover there year to year. They get five home games. They also, like, they get Ohio State at home, whatever. Even if they lose that game, fine. The other crossovers are Indiana and Rutgers. Like, when I talk about 2023 being Wisconsin's last best chance to win the Big Ten, as we get into the offseason, I will be peddling that nonstop. Because, it, like, when they take away divisions, it's going to get harder. This schedule is favorable. It's favorable, and yet we still have no idea what this team is going to look like. You make a lot of sense by saying that. However, I'm not thinking about what the team will look like. I'm thinking about how it's, easy their path could be. But it's, in, it's important to think about what the team's going to oh, look it's like. Very, it, the path doesn't matter if you don't have the team. But that's what you're for, right? Oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. Like, I looked at the schedule release, and I'm talking myself into stupid things. 11 and 1. and yeah. You are the voice of reason when it comes to these things. So I, I appreciate you. Yes. We do not know. We don't know who's going to be head coach. Right. We think we do. Don't know, though. I also will note that Graham Mertz will be the most experienced and best quarterback in the Big Ten West next season. I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's... <laughs> I mean, no one else is coming back. <laughs> that right? is true. I mean, I, Spencer Peters doesn't have another year, does he? Wow. Oh. <laughs> Put them head-to-head, see who comes out. Oh, All right. I can... I I think who... I know who's coming out on top of that. Yes, as do I. All right. Thursday, Monk's Bar and Grill. Zach and I will be live. Do we have a guest yet? We're getting there. Okay. Might have a guest. We'll probably have a guest. Come say hello, though. Come hang out. Podcast up with this show immediately after conclusion. I know many here don't really want to hear it, but no. Nope. Go, go nope. Phils. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Let's go Astros. No, I don't care. Talk to you guys on Thursday. Thanks for hanging around. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin. Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at MadCitySportsZone.com.